0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Have you ever felt your life was a sea of emotions? Most of us have, and that is a time we often start talking to God about it. When that happens, even if circumstances don't change or even get worse, we may start worshiping God more, and we begin to change from the inside out. It's also possible that God can build strong faith in us even when we begin questioning him more. That's because we're beginning to learn that there is something no one can take from you. That's also the title of today's message from Habakkuk chapter three. So let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his vital message.
1: Did you ever feel like your life was a sea of emotions? That's like, whoa, up and down, up and down. If you answered yes, you and the prophet Habakkuk have a lot in common. He lived in Judea, the area where Jerusalem was, southern Israel, and they were, the people were in a time of what we call national apostasy. What what does that mean? That means that they had, the people who were supposed to be the people of God had departed from God, although don't miss this, they were very religious. So in God's eyes, they were what we might refer to as spiritual phonies or people just going through the motions. Now that grieved Habakkuk as he watched it, what was going on. And in chapter one, well, he kind of got in God's face. And he said to God, what are you going to do about it? And eventually God says to him, I got a plan. Don't think I'm not on the job. I got a plan. I'm going to send the wicked world superpower Babylonians and they're going to fix it. Habakkuk was like, what? That's like the worst plan I've ever heard of in my, in my life, God. And then God explained that, that after a time, uh, no dates are given. That's very, very important. No dates are given to Habakkuk. He would deal with Babylon, Babylon and the Babylonian army who overstepped their bounds. In chapter 3, verse 2, Habakkuk said this, O oh Lord... I have heard your speech and was afraid. Remember that word. He was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. We thought that meant in my time when we studied it, in in his time. In the midst of the years, make it known. And then an important key statement, in wrath, remember mercy. Well, after that, we looked at last week, chapter 3, verses 3 through 15. It's It's a prayer and it's a song as Habakkuk experienced the very real presence of God. And here's the thing. The truth of the matter is this. Amazing things can happen in our souls and in our lives When we lay aside our circumstances, and we'll be talking a lot about that today, and we worship. I'm not saying we sing, although that may be part of it. We actually, again, lay aside our circumstances and worship God. When we do that, we will start to see our confidence in the Lord will start to grow Our perspective on things will start to change. Our faith begins to be renewed and grow deeper. And as all that is happening, we start to trust the Lord more. And you will not believe how much you begin to change. And the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, even if it is terrifying. Remember, Habakkuk just said, man, I heard your plan, God, and I'm afraid. Even if it's terrifying, like it is for Habakkuk right now, is going to pop in your soul when you're trusting God, when you're worshiping God, it's gonna pop in your soul like dynamite. Where did this begin for Habakkuk? Well, you could say before he began to write, but really, I think it began to take root in chapter two, verse four, where he said, behold the proud, the Lord said, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. That's not what we wanna be, but contrast, something different, the just shall live by his faith. Another key, key statement in this book. And today, we are actually going to witness what happens with a man who comes to a big turning point on that journey. He says that all the way to the end, he's been, it's been up and down, a sea of emotions, and then he comes to this place where he's going to be today, a place where all of us really want to be, if we're followers of Jesus. If you're not, I'm glad you're here, and, and I'm sure you're gonna want to be in this place when you hear the place that he's in. And the title of the message is simply this, something no one can take from you. Remember the Babylonian army, they are on the march. They may be be coming, they may be close, they may be there outside the city. But there is something, no matter how powerful an army is, even if it's you against an army, there is something that no one can take from you. Today's four verses that we just read that take us from the difficult acceptance of God's discipline method for his people. Habakkuk agrees with God. You need to discipline us. We've started following after false idols, but I'm having a tough time with your plan. A lot of stuff we know, we agree with what God does. We just disagree with the plan, the way he gets there. We we say, oh Lord, We want to be more mature in you. And God says, oh, great, I got a plan for that. You're like, I don't like the plan. Or, you know, God, teach me patience. My wife always says, that's the most dangerous prayer you could ever pray because because if you pray for that prayer, he'll teach you patience. And you're like, excuse me, God, I didn't mean this way to teach me patience. But we're seeing in these verses how he moves from the difficult acceptance of God's discipline to joy. Joy. In a sense, these four verses, you could say, summarize the whole book as we see a man of strong faith who at the same time questions God's ways, doesn't really understand God's ways. The complaining prophet of chapter one is a completely different man now. Why? Because he has had throughout this book a real and honest experience with God. Let me say that again. The complainer of chapter one is a different man now because he has had, and we've been watching it all along, a a real and honest experience with the Lord. And I cannot tell you what an important point that is in light of what so many of us were told growing up. Some people told us growing up, In a religious system, never question God. Never question God. Now, I am going to state something that some of you are going to be like, wow, that's the complete opposite. I think that statement is completely dangerous. To never question God. If you don't question God, then who does it leave everything up to? You. If you don't question God, if you don't seek God for answers, then you're left with your own interpretation of the circumstances and your own solutions instead of allowing the word of God to expand your faith, to expand your mind, to expand your heart, to expand your spirit. Now, if you're taking notes today, three things we want to look at And the first two are going to seem very odd to you. Number one, the fear faith may experience. The fear faith may experience. Now, I didn't say it has to be, but you may experience fear in your faith. Verse 16, he says, when I heard, what did he hear? He heard that God was going to discipline his people for their idolatry and for their leaving him. They'd been warned for well over a hundred years. There was no escaping it. And the, and the Babylonians were going to bring devastation to the land and to the people, take a lot of them captives back to Babylon. And God also explained to him the devastation he was going to bring upon the Babylonians themselves. So he's heard all of this. And so he says, when I heard, my body trembled. Another version says, my heart pounded. You, know, you ever feel that, boom, boom, boom. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones and I trembled in myself. So just stop there for a second. That is a picture of terror. That is a picture of great fear. This verse is in some ways an ex- you know, explaining verse 2, which we just read, except that in verse 3 through 15, Habakkuk experienced the very presence and power of God. You know, a lot of people, to me, talk flippantly about the presence of God. They're like, oh, the Lord was there. It was great. We really sensed his presence. But when you notice the Bible writers and they experience the presence of God, it fills them with terror. And a lot of times they actually have a physical reaction. It, it will produce in them quite often uh, an extreme reverence for God and an and unworthiness. Now, when I talk about unworthiness before God, I know a lot of times we talk about people being unworthy before God and people who are not followers of Jesus are like, well, what's up with this unworthiness stuff, man? Why, why does, if we're so unworthy, why does God want anything to do with us? We don't explain it well, probably because we don't understand it well. When you are in the presence of holiness, you sense your own personal lack of holiness. When you're in the presence of God and you worship him or you sense his worthiness, it puts in you a sense of unworthiness in a comparative way, but when you realize that he wants to adopt you as his child by trusting in his son, that begins to change the way you view and think about yourself. Now, we live in a generation of what I would call hyper-church or hyped-up church, but a real encounter with God may actually produce very similar results in us that it does in the, the Bible writers of fear, and trembling, but that's not something you can manufacture. That's, that's not something where you can just, you know, say like, okay, everybody come up front, we'll all fall down, and, or we'll just all get on our faces or something like that. That is something that happens when God himself comes and touches your heart. Now, some might say, that doesn't seem like faith, Pastor Jim. That seems like he's having an anxiety attack. Here's the thing. You must ask yourself, when you read the Bible, you have to ask questions of it. You must ask yourself a very important question. Habakkuk obviously is lacking peace here. He's afraid. Why is he so afraid? Answer, because he believes the word of God. That's why he's so afraid. If he he was like, oh, God, you're not going to really do that. Come on, you know, come on, Dad, lighten up. It's going to be okay. No, no, no. He's terrified because he believes the word of God. He believes that what God said will happen, and history has proven it did. It will happen. People often ask me, Pastor Jim, why are you often telling people that if they want to go to heaven... They have to turn to God and put their trust in Jesus Christ. You're constantly saying that. Why do you do that so much? Because I believe that the word of God says, if you do, you will have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Just as Jesus and the apostles taught, it's taught in the Old Testament, it's taught in the New Testament. And if you don't, you will live eternally separated from God. I love that Habakkuk is honest enough to share his fear with us instead of pretending that he is unaffected by the whole thing. Maybe right now in your life, you're fighting a battle and it doesn't look good right now. Pray, yes, but also understand that fear, while we wanna replace fear with faith, we wanna replace fear and anxiety with prayer, but fear can be natural to a follower of Jesus. Acts 14, the apostle Paul and Barnabas had went out and they had started churches. And on the way back, they were uh, stopping them to see how they were doing. It says this, they were strengthening the souls of the disciples. Those are just followers of Jesus, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. In other words, it's not going to be easy all the time. Second Corinthians chapter one verse eight. The apostle Paul later on, from this time from Acts, would write this: For we do not want you to be ignorant. Some of us don't like that word. Other verses say uh, uninformed or unaware. We don't want you to be uninformed or unaware, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Listen to the way J.B. Phillips, in his paraphrase, translates that verse. We should, like you, our brothers, to know something of what we went through in Asia. At that time, we were completely overwhelmed. The burden was more than we could bear. In fact, we told ourselves that this was the end. You know what that is? That's fear. Fear. That's fear. And I believe with all of my heart that part of the problem, there's a lot of problems, but one of the problems with the church in America is so much of the plastic pretending that goes on instead of really being honest with one another. Now, I'm not saying that everything goes wrong is the end of the world. <laughs> we don't want to be that. But we also want to be real about what's going on in our lives. Now, I know some of you are much more spiritual than me. Don't get a big head. That's not really saying very much. And you say, well, I follow Jesus. Okay, great. I'm glad that you do. Let's go to Jesus in the last week of his life. And I won't even go to the Garden of Gethsemane. That's too easy. John chapter 12, verse 27. Jesus says this, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour hour why is jesus soul troubled because he believes the word of god because he believes his heavenly father and he believes the old testament prophets and sometimes when you read the word of god and you know the destiny of the people who don't believe or you even sometimes we'll see in a bit you get caught up in that that can be a cause for fear verse 16 continues he says that i might rest in the day of trouble. Now, interesting, he was fearful, he was afraid, but now he says that I might rest in the day of trouble. Another version says, day of calamity, when he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his troops. Another version says, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. By the way, the day of trouble is about 65 years away. Remember, I said God doesn't give us any kind of time, and, and he says, well, I'm going to rest or I'm going to wait for that day. Now, last week, we referred to what Habakkuk saw as a theophany, the, the appearance of the, of the presence and power of God. And we said that was because of also because of God's faithfulness in the past. Uh, He looked back at the word of God and he he saw that. And because of all of these, putting all these things together, Habakkuk says that he can rest and he can wait. Now, that should be a great encouragement to us because God will, despite the circumstances, never abandon his people. And we can put our trust in God's sovereignty over that is his control over the affairs of this world that encourages me particularly in this day because like Habakkuk we can deal with political unrest in a nation we can deal with the fact like Habakkuk did come to that place of rest and waiting when everything seems to be falling apart despite his fears, despite not knowing when the enemy is coming, or again, if they're close or they've already arrived, what is Habakkuk doing? Well, we talked about this last week. He's keeping the end in sight. He's, he's, he's looking at the way it's going to turn out in the end. That is a long way from chapter one. Chapter one, he was like, how long? He's gone all the way from how long, what's going on? What's the deal, God? I don't know what you're doing, to I can rest. I can wait. I can trust in God, and I can trust in his timetable. Now, let's be real. Let's be honest. Waiting on the Lord is not always that easy, is it? Some of you are going, it's not ever easy. We want timelines, don't we? We want to know when things are going to happen. But be sure, Christian, waiting on the Lord's timeline, is a test of our faith, not because God wants to give us a bad grade, because God wants to build our trust in him. Now, if you're anything like me, and for your sake, I hope you're not, but if you're anything like me, if God is not clear on his timing, I've noticed about this about myself. I am very faithful to suggest timing to him. I said, when God's not giving me a timing of something, I'm like, if this one's tough for you, God, you know, I got, I got the answer. And 99 out of 100 times, it's like, uh, how about now? How about now? How about yesterday? But Habakkuk has now come to the place where he has resolved in his heart that he's going to trust the Lord no matter what happens and no matter when it happens. To wait like this, and he's remember he is he is he's waiting in constant anticipation on God's judgment upon his people requires deep inner strength to fight off the fear. Some people like to project strength on the outside and then you get to know them and you realize that they are a complete mess on the inside. But again, they don't want to let anybody into the inside, so they're pretending on the outside. And everybody sees it. Everybody sees it except for them. But if we want to have that deep inner strength, we need the power of the word of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit for it to be real. That also means we live by faith despite circumstances. We live by faith in life, and we live by faith in death, as we'll see next. That takes us to number two. The difficulty faith may experience. The difficulty faith may experience. Verse 17, I think we're supposed to feel the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, and the complete sadness, picture yourself living in an agricultural community where you make, your, you make your money off the land, and without the farm, without the land, you've got nothing. Verse 17, watch for the those. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit beyond the vines, and everything's going to get worse. Though the labor of the olive or the olive crop may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, all the animals are gone. For us, this is the equivalent of saying, I lost my job. I went to the bank to get the little bit of money that I had and the banks are closed. And so I took the little bit of money that I had and I went to the supermarket and there was no food on the shelves, just a bunch of hungry people standing in line. Hard to say whether Habakkuk was actually living through this or he knew this was something that was destined to happen. I lean more towards that, that he knows that this is what's going to happen. But he wants us to feel the weight of total despair of no option but God. And I find it particularly interesting, although I probably, that's not a great word. I think it's better to say I find it particularly sad that when imminent danger seems to be on its way, people flock to the Lord. After 9-11, the churches were packed for a little while. When the COVID-19 virus hit and all the churches went online, people were watching online and a lot of people saw tremendous decreases as people began to feel a little bit more comfortable with what was going on. Because once it passed in a particular area, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination and whatever the thing was, once it passed, stock market crashes, all kinds of things like that. In other words, once God showed mercy, which people asked for, Most people go back to life as usual
0: until the next crisis. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.